Welcome to Conversations Different, a podcast of the Santa Fe New Mexican. This is your host, Inez Russell Gomez, and today we are talking soccer, soccer fields to be precise. With us is Scott Hushin, Executive Director of Northern Soccer Club. It's the group behind Mucho Soccer. Welcome, Scott. Hi, Inez. How are you doing? Good, good. It's so good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, let's start with the basic. What is mucho soccer? <laughs> I mean, does anyone need more soccer? <laughs> Absolutely. We all need more soccer in our lives. Mucho soccer is something we started as our campaign to um, bring awareness to the fact that we need more soccer fields for kids. We have so many young kids that are just so into soccer, and it's such a great outlet for people to get outside and, and be physical and make friends and be a part of a community. And right now, we are really lacking in resources to continue the growth of the sport right now. So what happens if there's not enough fields? I mean, I, obviously, I guess you turn people away, they don't play. I know when my kid played soccer 20 million years ago, they just practiced on city parks. And I don't think we ever got like an actual field field. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot has changed in the years with soccer, because when I grew up, it was the same way. We just played wherever you could, and it was, you know, just a recreational sport we all had fun doing. They got um, a jersey and a picture, though. Exactly, right? And yep. we all had fun, and you get a participation ribbon. But, you know, nowadays, soccer's really become a, a mainstream sport in America, and, and kids are really looking to, to pursue it as much as they can and, and compete with it and, and go to whatever level they, they can. And um, so right now, when we run out of space, we run out of space and we do turn people away. And I hate that. It, it breaks my heart because we're doing this to bring kids in. We don't want to put barriers in front of playing soccer. We want to bring it to everybody that wants to play. So we, we pack as many kids as we can on the fields. And uh, we use the MRC, which is the Municipal Recreation Complex out near Marty Sanchez Golf Course. And that's been great. But this problem stems from the fact that we used to be at the Downs, which right. was the infield at the Downs. And that we packed... That place, we had 800 and some kids out there. We used that only. It was great. We had our own little home. The problem was that that was never supposed to be the permanent fix. Right. It was just kind of a, you know, It was temporary. It was, yeah. a, it was always temporary, but it got treated as a permanent solution, and everyone kind of forgot about us out there. So last March, when the wastewater treatment plant had issues with E. coli and the water wasn't getting... Going. So you, you can't use tainted water to water a field that kids are going to play on. Exactly. Yeah. And anybody's going to play. Yeah. They just can't do it. So the Downs lost all their water, okay. and we lost our home for soccer. So we were kind of tasked with the challenge of finding a new home for 860 kids to play soccer. Wow. So we used Swan Park, which is a beautiful park on the south side of Santa Fe, but that's a baseball field, and we, you know, crammed them in there where we could, and then we put as many kids as we could at the MRC, okay. Soccer Valley. Um, and with a lot of help from a lot of great people in the city, you know, we made it happen. But the bottom line is there's just not enough fields. We have five soccer fields for over 1,800 kids that want to play soccer. That's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids, and it's growing every day. People love it so much. It's great to see. Do you think that having New Mexico United so <clears throat> successful in the state, you know, in addition to all the world stuff, but just like locally, we can go see guys play and enjoy it and be part of that amazing community. Do you think that has helped? Absolutely. I think uh, the New Mexico United really has proven the point that people love soccer. And it, it, it is new to America still, which is kind of crazy to think about because the rest of the world has been playing this game and in love with it for, you know, over 100 years. But I think what New Mexico United did was it it proved the fact that if you build something around a community and around this great sport, people show up. I mean, I think that, well, I know that that team has one of the highest attendance ratings of all of that 
that entire USL league. So, you know, Albuquerque shows up, Santa Fe shows up to all those games, and it is 100% 100% positive influence on the soccer community. I have friends from Taos that drive down. Yeah. They, they really love it. Well, the atmosphere they created there is incredible. It's a real atmosphere, and it's really fun. And once they have that new stadium, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. So... This is not going to be cheap, though. If you build five soccer fields, how much money do you need to do that, and who's going to give you the money? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so nothing's cheap anymore now these days, no. right? So we're asking the state for $12 million. Okay. Now, with that, we have a private donor who's matching up to $3 million. So a total of $15 million to not only build five new soccer fields, but to improve what we already have. You know, this goes with working bathrooms. Parking lots, you know, paid. Would those bathrooms actually have someone who would clean them? Yeah, this is also, (laughs) you know, maintenance is a whole other issue. But, um, you know, that's something we are working with the city with constantly to see who's going to maintain it. We're hoping that a private entity like our nonprofit, Northern Soccer, could run the whole complex, you know, and, and maintain it all correctly. Because as we know, things are built and then not maintained. Yes, yes. So that's a huge concern of ours is making sure what we build is there forever and maintained correctly so everyone can actually use it as we need it. But yeah, I mean, that that 15 million total would go to all artificial turf fields. And then we want to build one championship field with some stands and some lighting and a clubhouse so we can, you know, one day host tournaments and, and do a lot of really fun stuff that's not only great for the kids, but these are also, you know, good for the local economy as well. Right. Um, a big tournament can bring in hundreds, if not thousands of people to Santa Fe. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that because I know they built better soccer fields in Bernalillo and better soccer fields up in Taos. And those are the places where people go if you're going to have a round robin of some sort. Exactly. And I mean, let's not forget, Santa Fe is a destination. Yes. People want to come here. So if you're looking at tournaments as a as an adult or as a teenager, you're thinking, oh, we want to go to you know, El Paso or Santa Fe. You know, right. no, no dig at El Paso, but people like to come here. So right. we really do see that as a a big economic uh, bonus, as you will. And you could have uh, teams train there, too. I mean, if you're going to play in Mexico City for some reason and you're from the United States, we're better than a high-altitude place. Yeah, and and back, I think it was 1988, 1986, the World Cup was in Mexico, and the Scottish national team came to Santa Fe to train. I think I remember that. That's right. And I remember back, they used to bring Brits in the summer. Maybe they still do that. And they would stay in a family's home. We, we had one. And then they would train. They had soccer camps in the summer. And they almost died the first week, even if they were in really good shape, because the altitude was so high. Yeah, and we still do stuff like that today. Yeah. Um, it's great. That was a lot of fun. Until he came home and said, I hope your son wasn't looking when the couple was having sex in the corner at Aspot Park. <laughs> Things don't change in Santa Fe. Yeah, no, it's, it's never going to be perfect, right? Oh, no, no. And they had no working bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. The, the bathroom thing is, is a big deal. You know, honestly, you have hundreds of kids out there who bring their parents, their yeah. grandparents, their aunts and uncles. It's a huge community event, which I love so much. But the fact that everyone's using porta potties and there's no running water and there's no working bathrooms is a major problem. And yeah. we are the capital city of the state. I mean, we should have working bathrooms at a huge complex like that. So, you know, we're, we're looking to start off with the basics and, and then improve from there. Okay. And on that note, we will uh, take a break and we'll be back in a moment with the conversations different.
Thanks, Inez. This is Patrick Dorsey, publisher of the Santa Fe New Mexican. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Conversations Different with Inez Russell Gomez. Great local content is only possible with a talented staff dedicated to bringing you the best local content possible. For that staff to do its work, we need your support by subscribing to the Santa Fe New Mexican. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. And if not, there's never been a better time to subscribe. In addition to our home-delivered newspaper that comes with full digital access, we also provide digital-only subscriptions for SantaFeNewMexican.com. We'll also be releasing more online-only audio and video programming moving forward. The Santa Fe New Mexican has been here for nearly 175 years, and we want to continue being your source for local news and information. Visit us at SantaFeNewMexican.com slash subscribe or call us at 505-986-3010. Thank you. It's a new day in New Mexico, and the doors to boundless opportunity are open as tens of thousands of New Mexicans reach higher to pursue a dream, broaden their horizons, and retrain for a better job. With the New Mexico Lottery and Opportunity Scholarships, you could build yourself a better future anywhere in the state. You put in the hard work, we'll help with the costs. For eligibility details, visit ReachHigherNM.com. We're back again with Conversations Different. Our guest is Scott Hessian, who is with Northern Soccer. And um, before we get back to the idea that we could have working bathrooms uh, that aren't locked and that are clean, uh, just tell me a little bit about Northern Soccer. So Northern Soccer Club has been in Santa Fe for about 50 years now. The goal has always been to provide recreational soccer for whoever wants to, uh, to play. And we now have a, a very uh, robust competitive program as well. So we have, you know, like I said, 860 kids all playing soccer at a variety of levels. We have about 18, 19 teams that go down and play in Albuquerque, um, which is really fun. It's more competitive. They travel to tournaments and such. But really our goal is simple. It's to just provide soccer for kids in the area. And um, we do offer financial assistance to anybody who needs it. So, again, just bringing down the barriers for anyone who wants to play soccer, show up, We'll, we'll cover the cost of whatever you need. You know, I bought kids soccer shoes. We, we provide all the equipment. We just believe in the sport so much and believe in the community that it creates that we're, you know, very honored to be able to serve the, the city and the area and provide that service for people. Go back to the number. You have 800 or so kids in your league, Correct. but the f- number you're talking about with the fields is 1,800. So sure. what's the difference? Yeah, and so that's um, we've, we've looked at the whole area, the northern New Mexico region, and, and looked at all the different clubs because there's other organizations in town that provide soccer. There's La Liga Santa Fe, which um, is a you know mostly a Spanish-speaking league, but okay. they're all on the south side, and, and they, you know, he has a couple hundred kids there. There's Santa Fe United, which is another club that has a couple teams that play. And then there's all these high school teams that also looking for places to play as well, including, you know, Powake, Pecos, Española has zero soccer fields. But in the in the region, we estimate about 1,800 kids that are playing soccer currently. So this would affect not just Santa Fe, perhaps, but maybe kids from Powake Pueblo or Tezuque Pueblo or Cochiti could come up, all those kinds of things, and people in the surrounding communities. Absolutely. We view this as a regional project 
for sure. I mean, we are Northern Soccer Club for a reason. We really see ourselves as representing Northern New Mexico, not just Santa Fe. And um, we try to reach out to as many communities as we can to um, to bring them into to the club and play. Going back to the field, what does it mean to have a championship field? What is that? Yeah, we, we just envision having one field that has some stands. And, you know, so maybe, you could sit and not have to take your little chair. Yep, exactly. Just some stands, a simple, a simple soccer stadium. Very small, very minimal. We're not looking to do anything crazy here, but have lights, have some stands, maybe some, maybe get crazy and have some shade covered for people because it does get hot in the <laughs> it summertime. Does get hot. Yeah, and um, you know, with that, we really open up the opportunities to have the New Mexico United Academy team come down and play. There's other teams that come and play exhibition games, having tournaments with the championship game, giving the high school teams an opportunity to play in a real soccer stadium. That's really what our vision is for that. And I like uh, what you said that it's going to have artificial turf because one of the problems is that there's not enough water and you guys couldn't use the effluent water. So now you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I mean, we as soccer players, you always prefer to play on grass. Right. Grass is always going to be the best. But, you know, artificial turf is kind of the future, and you can play on it year-round, which is great as well. You don't have to – with grass fields, you have to rest a field every now and then. The grass can't take a heavy beating with a lot of usage. So, you know, the the artificial turf really gives us opportunities year-round to, to always play soccer. Now – If there's only five fields that are set aside for kids, does that mean there's other fields that adults use? Or, you know, how much soccer capacity do we have right now? Could it be distributed? Let's say you don't get all 12 million, you get 5 million or something. Is there a way to distribute it differently so kids get, you know, a better crack? Yeah, so right now, actually, there's no fields dedicated for just kids. The way that the MRC was originally set up was that the adults were going to use the MRC and the kids would use the city fields. Right. That, that's how it was, I right. remember, yeah. Right. That was the idea. Now, the problem is that there really aren't any city fields. There's okay. Salvador Perez and there's Alto Park, right. which are neither of them dedicated soccer fields. They're multi-use, multi-purpose fields. They're both in horrible condition. Yes. Like Alto Park, we play there, we practice there, but it is um, borderline dangerous. Yeah. And Salvador Perez is in, in a much-needed overhaul for what that needs to be, to be just a decent place to play. So we worked with the city and we took out the language of the MRC, which was an adult priority complex. So now it's just, you know, now the kids have the same priority as adults. There's no overarching priority for anybody. So we use it and we work with the adult soccer league as well. So we all kind of share it. But I mean, we really only have five fields and people think it's a lot more. And I'm, I always say, tell me where they are because they're not around. Right. Yeah. No, I actually had a discussion with one of my neighbors when you're, you, he wrote a, you wrote a My View for us about the, the campaign. And Mucho Soccer is the name of your campaign, which is trying to get support. And he was like, no, there's plenty of fields. And I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. And so, and the city already is giving a million to something like that to upgrade Salvador Perez. Correct. And is it also going to help Alto or is that for the next round? Hopefully that's the next next round. But um, yeah, it's it's a weird misconception that people have. They're like, oh, there's plenty of fields. Because we see empty space. Yeah. And a lot of those are public school fields. Right. So we've right. been, and the public schools do work with us. But, you know, those are their fields. They're not city fields. They're not for public use. Yes, right. Um, so, you know, and, and, and they, like I said, they work with us and we do use those fields. But there are no, there's only five soccer fields in the city for everybody. And it's... um. We're at a point where, 
you know, we really need help. We really need help big time. And so we're really hoping that this session, that people will listen to what our needs and, and step up for the kids and, and get us what we need to continue providing this great sport. And, and I also want to make a point. This is not just about soccer, lacrosse, flag football. There's other youth sports out there that need help as well. We're all cannibalizing each other, looking for the same field space. And, um, you know, the more we're, we're occupying baseball fields, it hurts the baseball teams. So we're all kind of on top of each other looking for fields. So there needs to be a solution at some point. That makes sense. Do you think the legislature, I mean, obviously we have a budget surplus of three plus billion dollars, but there's lots of needs too. I mean, how does this stack up, you know, toward funding programs in Southern New Mexico or out in Gallup or something like that? Yeah. um, I think people look at things like soccer fields as like a nice to have, like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's a, you know, extra, that's extra. We don't need that. And you know, my argument is always like, look, if you want to stop homelessness, you want to stop crime, you want to stop health issues that we have, it starts with the kids. We need to give our kids what they need and deserve to live healthy, positive lives and to have a chance to grow up to be healthy, positive individuals that are contributing to society. And you do that by providing them with things to do, nice things to do. Our kids don't have a voice. They don't get to vote. They don't, you know, they don't know the politicians. As adults, we can do that, and we can make a real change for children in our community. And on top of it, we can have a bonus of this economic boost of places that tournaments can be held and all this stuff. So to me, it's it's easy for people. I see that it's easy for people to pass over and say, yeah, well, we have bigger issues than kids' soccer fields. And I couldn't disagree more because it starts with the kids. Show the kids we care. Give them what they need and let's make it nice and clean and have bathrooms. I know that like, we talk about the bathrooms, but these are simple baseline things that, that we all deserve. So right. that's where I'm at. On that note, we will take one more break and we'll be back to finish our conversation with Scott Hushin. My name is Maria Jose Rodriguez Cadiz, and I am the Executive Director with Solace Sexual Assault Services. Our mission is to prevent sexual violence and empower survivors of sexual violence through restoring dignity, strength, and resiliency. For almost 51 years, Solace has reduced the impact of sexual violence. We do it by focusing on human rights, social justice, hope, and dignity. We believe survivors are experts in their own experiences and acknowledge that empowering them is crucial to their healing. Our advocacy, forensic interviewing, and therapy services are centered to their needs. Our sexual violence prevention programs in schools and community is just as important. Please check our website at findsolace.org. And if in need, you can call our 24-7 hotline, which is 800-721-7273. Your support is crucial to the lives of survivors. Thank you. Gracias. We're back with Conversations Different, talking about how northern New Mexico needs better and more soccer fields. It will take the legislature to give Santa Fe the money 
So how do you plan to persuade everyone in the state to vote for $12 million for soccer fields here? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I wake up every day thinking that myself. You know, having really not done a lot of political campaigns or, or getting into this world has been a, quite a learning curve for myself, but I always approach everything very cautiously optimistic. We've gotten a lot of very positive feedback from everybody. We've been, you know, really trying to get our, our voice heard out there. And, and this is what our Mucho Soccer campaign is intended to do, which is to just get the attention of these lawmakers and tell them our need and tell them where we're at and, and what, you know, what situation we're in. And um, hopefully they listen. I, you know, it, it's it seems to be there's no guarantees in politics and you don't know until that check is signed and, and ready to go. You know, the, the big ask is going to come from the governor. We need her to give the most amount of money for this capital outlay project. Okay. And it's going to come down to her, really, is, is her decision to, to if this gets funded or not. And I guess uh, considering the Santa Fe audits are still a little behind, uh, will you be able to spend it if you get the money? That'll yeah. be interesting to see how that works. But the city of Santa Fe is partnering with you on this, and then you have the Santa Fe delegation. Are they all pushing it together? That's the hope, and we've been in contact with them. There's a couple town hall meetings this week we'll be attending to make sure that they understand the importance of this. But yeah, you know, so far everyone's been very positive about it, right? It's soccer fields for kids. How can you, you know, be against that? But when push comes to shove, we'll see where everyone stands and, and if we can really get this funding. But we believe in it, and we believe that it's a good cause and that um, it's money well spent. This is something that can last for future generations and, and really be a positive impact on not just soccer, like I said, but to the entire community of Santa Fe and northern New Mexico. One thing I think that you said that I want to go back to is that you hope your nonprofit foundation can help with the maintenance because, honestly, spending money on capital projects in Santa Fe right now is always a little depressing because you don't think it's going to be maintained necessarily. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's just the history of Santa Fe. I, I grew up here, and, and I know how things work. And um, it's always great to build this shiny new project, but the task really starts after you built it to keep it to keep it up and to keep it uh, running and maintained. So yeah, we we would love to put it out there to any nonprofit or to whoever wants to do it. But you know, we need somebody to step up to run the place to make sure it stays working and maintained and not, not falling apart like many other things that we see in the city. So yeah, we are willing to step up to do that for okay. sure. Well, that's an encouraging sign. And do you think kids here will keep playing soccer? Is this something that you anticipate growing? I mean, it's growing so quickly. I mean, you know, I look at things like pickleball and not to not to, you know, not to bash pickleball. Not to, yeah, it's, it's great. I know people love it, but it's really hard to sit here and watch a sport that was created two years ago get all this attention and all this funding. Where, like I said, soccer is this worldwide game, it's been around for ages and people love it. It's a simple game that anybody can play. All you need is a ball. Yep. And kids play it all over the world because it's simple, it's accessible, and it's really, really fun. It's, yeah. it's to, it's the most popular sport in the world for a reason. Um, I always it's, say it's fun to play and not so much fun to watch. When those long <laughs> passes go, I'm just like, can they do something? You know, <laughs> hey, look, I, I I get it. It's not for everybody. I, I'm not gonna you know pretend that it is. But I you know, I'm obviously a huge passionate fan of soccer. Um, it's a big part of my my life. I met my now my, my wife playing recreational soccer 
it gives me a lot of a uh, gives me an outlet to stay physically active and meet people and just have a really great time and it's a great community to be a part of but yeah soccer is not going anywhere that no. you know that's just the bottom line it's not going anywhere it's only growing the messy effect in america is real okay. messy coming to play here was a big deal and i see more kids wearing the inter miami jerseys than i've ever seen okay so kids nowadays are into it I and see they're it every following day. their teams. It's and crazy how much these kids are into it. I, I mean, like I said, I grew up playing soccer, but we were just kind of doing it. Like, these kids now are like into it. It is insane how much these kids are into it, and it's really great to see. And for old people like me, we watched Ted Lasso, and so now we understand a little bit more exactly. than we might have last week. Exactly, that's yeah. a great show, and yeah. that's done a lot of great for soccer in the in the country as well. So, I mean, everything's just pointing in the right direction. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, on that note, we will say goodbye to Scott, and we'll be back next week with another Conversations Different. Thanks, Ines.